0: Heads up, campus features mature content.
1: Thank
0: you.
2: Anyway, as I was saying, like, this is something I realized, holy shit, like, okay, people grow up here in such a different environment. We live in a time and place where everybody is, like, labeling who you are. Oh, you're Asian. Oh, I'm brown. Oh, you're black. Oh, you're gay. Oh, you're trans. Oh, you're stop with the labels already labels are getting more and more precise and they're getting precise, so uh, like precise oh, micro labels sorry you're, you're trans what kind can, what can of exactly what everybody has this like urge to like identify as something it's it's. it's but like, in, <laughs> in another way we can't
1: obviously can't help but understand this desire to have an identity yes of but, course but 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 the, the one thing that is important to realize why we find it extremely over the top these days is that I mean it's also a cultural difference I mean we really come from like a collectivist culture versus individualistic cultures here and this idea that every person is unique is not something we grew up with at all and like it's right.
2: such a different world you know and we had to learn this we didn't we didn't think in these terms we we, we weren't confident enough to go up to somebody and talk to them like to us Foreigners, I mean, we were the foreigners here, but like to us, people of different culture were inaccessible. They, there was a big distance between us and them,
1: language barrier. Just talking about like humor. Ta- like, people, what do they talk about? Like, oh, what happened on Seinfeld last night or whatever? We're like, I'm we're like, like, what's Seinfeld? What the hell you is Seinfeld? Like, <laughs> like, and everyone, of course, looks at you like, what? You don't know yeah. Seinfeld? I'm like, people could not conceive that the things that they grew up with were not part of yeah. everyone in the world's life
2: it's like dude uh, excuse me I don't know about this because I come from two continents over that way <laughs> let me tell you about the things you
1: don't know <laughs> a, jo- a joke I always make when, when people come to me I'm like you haven't seen this film and, and I like to joke about it in a very dark way I'm like no because when you were watching this film I was in a bunker hiding <laughs> from bombs and we could not see those films my name is Nadim Marzal my name is Philippe Manasset
2: And uh, we're an electronic band called Wake Island.
1: We're both Lebanese living in Montreal today and trying to make sense of it all through music. Hey, I'm Albert. Welcome to campus.
0: This is that place and time in our lives where everything changes. Wake Island is many things. To some, It's a band. To others, it's a place. But for Phil and Nadim, it's the culmination of the immigrant experience, one that was shaped by culture shock and capped with the newfound understanding of themselves and the two places they call home. It's a unique perspective, rooted in a childhood shaped by Lebanon's civil war, when Phil and Nadim were splitting time between school and their family's bunkers.
1: For a lot of my childhood, there were times where bombs and and rifles being shot, and danger pretty much for, for civilians to be outside. And for sure, I remember being in a bunker, which was pretty much the basement of our building. It's like the storage room. down there with all the neighbors there were like five families living in our building so we would just all go down to this bunker very small room not a lot of light and there were like some sandbags blocking the entrance of like the side door or something and yeah we would go down and it's very hard for me to remember this negatively necessarily because I guess when you have children and when there's children around all the adults job is to really make them feel safe and not have them freak out So being down there, it was exciting. Like, oh, the neighbors are here, and I can hear adults talk. And it didn't feel to us like we were hiding. But there definitely was fear all around us all the time. And our parents were on edge. They were anxious. They were afraid.
2: There were moments that were very, very, very dangerous, and we would have the radio on all the time and the TV on all the time, and they would announce, "Okay, in X sector, sh- shit's happening." So everybody hide your kids, pretty much. Like go downstairs. So in these moments, um, it's like it's really not recommended to leave and be in any place where you can be exposed uh, to uh, to like gunshots. There's a lot of gunshots. I think bombs and rockets so you'd never know where where these things can land and i mean for us we didn't f- we didn't have the sense of responsibility but we saw that w- how stressful it was to our parents to go upstairs during these moments it's as if the government and the tv said don't do it and then but people had to do it because they needed toilet paper or they needed like uh, food and those moments were like oh shit we're doing it we're going up okay let's all like do it. Like, it's an adventure, it's like a rush, it's like a bungee jumping, you know, it's even though it's something so stupid, you're just going to your flat upstairs to grab something and come back down, there was this thrill that you might be in the middle of gunshots that are randomly firing in the neighborhood. So imagine it's like a very insecure time, people would just flare up their guns for an evening, and then the next day, chill, life goes on, and then flares up again and you gotta hide and so yeah it's very similar to what Phil was saying these were pleasant times in a way because I got to hang out with my neighbours we'd play cards we'd like it's like camping eat canned food canned milk and stuff like that and not go to school and you know it was that was cool but at the same time we knew that we were there because it was things were very dangerous we grew up with that sense and feeling of fear and anxiety and being something normal, like this is normal, this is life, this is not abnormal, and it definitely shaped who we are, for sure, like dealing with this.
0: For kids growing up in the midst of a brutal civil war, even that sense of normal reached a breaking point. The fighting in Beirut became so intense, their parents made the choice to leave. Phil's family ended up in France, and Nadim spent three years in Canada. When the fighting cooled down, they moved back to Beirut and both of them struggled to fit in and make friends. It took years, but Nadim eventually started hitting his stride in high school, just as the war was truly coming to an end and Lebanon was breaking out of its own shell.
2: Being a, a teenager during those years was, was uh, actually quite awesome. There was very strong sense of people wanting to live like in all caps, bold life. People wanted to live, man. They were like in bunkers for literally 25 years. And it's as if like you open the door and now they just want to live. We could see that our parents and older generations who had gone through the whole thing, how they were living. Going to the beach, uh, beach houses. Uh, I mean, people who couldn't afford stuff would get in huge debt just to live. Because they're like, hey man, I just went through hell, so I just want to live. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of this is heavy denialism. Uh, we said that, like, completely turned the page on the war as if it never happened. It was chaotic, there were no rules, no regulations. That's another thing. We saw how in Beirut, like, total streets, like, huge avenues would just. One bar would pop open and then 10 bars and then the whole street like over flooding with bars. That all comes from the huge strong urge and desire to live out loud, very bold, very party heavy. So it was a, an interesting time growing up. All these things were happening. I was trying to figure out like who I was, what I was doing, what I wanted to do. I had this obsession. I was obsessed with music, picked up the guitar, started playing with people in school and stuff like that. It was really, really great. And um, I was literally jumping from one style and believing in it a lot to like another style. Like I was into, say, pop rock stuff. Then I'm like, no, 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 that's garbage. Uh, Metal is awesome. And be like, oh, this is so good. And then, yeah, okay, cool. I get it, but jazz. I was 16. Uh, That was a complete rebellious thing to do, by the way, because it was like uncool. Like nobody was, (laughs) really, it was a very nerdy thing of me to do.
1: (laughs) Well, with jazz, they don't make fun of you for listening to jazz, but they just don't talk to you. Unfortunately, (laughs) I mean... but Well, obviously, they were being way more creative with the names they were calling me. But At the time? Yeah, and I was being called all sorts of names. At some point, I started realizing which insults affected me more than others. And that's almost how I figured out who I was, I guess. I'm like, oh, this affects me, this doesn't. So I guess I am this, but I'm not that. And particularly calling me gay like didn't like I didn't think oh my god I'm gay they're right until like later on I have a hard time defining the moment where I realized I actually was gay cuz there was a, definitely a lot of denial going on in my head and hoping that I wasn't so it wasn't clear to me whether people calling me gay or whether they were right or wrong it was difficult for me to determine that all I knew is that it was hurtful and that didn't help me wanting to get closer to anyone at school and As a teenager, increasingly I started to be very uh, much of an isolationist, like I would really spend a lot of time in my room playing games, reading books, doing all sorts of things that didn't require other people to be around. And at the same time, I was taking these piano lessons and then I found myself listening to pop songs and movie soundtracks and all these things and I I liked it and I would instantly go play them on piano. Uh, not exactly as is, but in my own way. And I like that. Like, I like that I could do that. And little by little, that became my way of expressing myself or emotions that I had or any struggles that I had, I guess, got condensed into the piano. and while Nadim was like going out and partying as a teenager as I was in my bedroom playing sad tunes on the piano and that was my pretty much my only way of telling people how I felt and always ended up being very melancholic type of playing and very saddish type of vibe uh, I guess that's the way I express myself and one thing I know I remember is that it gave me a big thrill to have people listen. When I'm gave people the opportunity to eavesdrop on me and, and feeling something you know, like I wanted them to feel something and at the same time I guess I wanted them to know how I felt, so I guess that's how the piano became a major part of my life where it became this way I had to just express myself cause after all... It's really not as bad as we think. Smith, we're in. All we need to do is open up. All we need to do is talk about it.
0: It was hard for Phil to explore who he really was. Everything around him railed against what he was feeling inside. So the piano became his safe place, the only outlet he had to be himself.
1: The whole gay thing is very, very, very taboo in terms of social values. I mean, I can't think of another issue that is more taboo than that. And so in in a way, Lebanese society is very weirdly liberal. But added to this is a big religious type of undercurrent that doesn't allow you to like kind of say it out loud first of all and also like there's a part of everyone even tolerant people that are actually disgusted by the idea of someone being gay just because that's what you know and that's what you were told uh, whether by your parents or your church or your friends or whatever so for sure in my head it was wrong I could not be gay I could not be it's so dangerous for me to think that I'm like I can't deal like I didn't have any emotional abilities to deal with any of that I was going to have to somehow figure out a way to live without this whole like romantic side of life and all that thing. Because living without it was more acceptable than being gay. In his last
0: year of high school, Phil began making plans to leave Beirut and find a university outside of Lebanon, a place where he might be able to finally be himself. At the same time, Nadim's dream of becoming a musician was taking hold But his parents had other ideas. I started um, emitting this desire to study music.
2: And I'm like, I want to go to Canada and I want to study music. I want to pursue this academically. And I knew at that moment that this is something I wanted to do with my life. I'm like, I want to be a musician. And I remember that wasn't, that didn't go well. You know, I had a little bit of struggle with my parents. It wasn't like huge fights or anything, but it's more like, yeah, right. You're going to go do that. Yeah, no way. And I got admitted, like, pretty last minute, I think, into sciences. And I'm like, well, well, I guess that's my ticket out of here. You know, I'll I'll go do that. It's fine. I did it in school. I could continue doing biology, like, in Montreal. I guess at least it'll bring me to a place where there's more opportunities to be a musician, to make music.
1: There was this instinct that I knew that there was nothing for me in Lebanon in terms of what I wanted to achieve with my life, whether professionally or personally like i felt like i would be imprisoned in a way in 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 certain molds that i didn't want to be in and in my head activated and it's like okay it's time to leave and why how where i didn't care so i applied to business school at mcgill and i got in i'm going that's it i mean there was no thinking like i was going and i needed to go and start thinking that's what i needed i needed to like leave and be on my own and and be my own person and figure things out.
0: Phil and Nadim both took the leap and left Beirut behind for Montreal. To their parents, they were starting a new journey that would eventually land them a respectable career. For Nadim though, studying biology was just the guise to pursue his real dream, music. And for Phil, an economics major, things were a little more complicated. He was pursuing a safe place to find himself. But they both had a massive obstacle to overcome first, culture shock.
1: It was excitement first when I came in, and then people started talking to me and I could not understand a word they were saying. I mean, the French was so different. And then university, I have to like speak English now. And I, I learned English from when I was 12-year-old on, and you learn what you have to learn in class. But my way of expressing myself in English was friends. I mean, I watched friends. Yeah, pop culture. But friends particularly, for me, like, that's all I would do is watch friends. So all my jokes and my humor were like basing it on these characters and the way they talk and the expressions. And I tried direct translation, but it just doesn't work because it's a different kind of humor.
2: Because that's how you communicate with people, by having a sense of humor. That's how people get close to each other, by a joke we had to learn this. We didn't We didn't think in these terms. We 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 weren't confident enough to go up to somebody and talk to them. Like to us, foreigners, I mean, we were the foreigners here, but like to us, people of different culture were inaccessible. There was a big distance between us and them.
1: Language barrier. Just talking about like humor. Ta- like people, what do they talk about? Like, oh, what happened on Seinfeld last night or whatever? We're like, I'm we're like, like, what's Seinfeld? What the hell you is know, that? Like, like, and, and everyone, of course, looks at you like, what? You don't know yeah. Seinfeld? I'm like, No, I don't know Seinfeld. What is Seinfeld? It's like everyone was very demeaning in a way that like, oh, you don't know this. You don't know that. How could you not know this? It's
2: like, dude, uh, excuse me. I don't know about this because I come from two continents over that way. (laughs) Let me tell you about the things you don't know. (laughs) A joke I always
1: make when when people come to me and like, you haven't seen this film? (laughs) And and I like to joke about it in a very dark way. I'm like, no, because when you were watching this film, I was in a bunker hiding from <laughs> bombs and we could not see those films. Yeah,
2: My personal feeling coming from a complete other place, getting here and the first thing you see is that you have water, electricity. These are things that are taken for granted. Where, where we come from, these things, there's no power every day. Like it cuts, okay? People have learned to deal with this and be happy and continue their social life. Uh here if you have a power out for like 3 hours it's dramatic people get like oh my god where's my internet oh my god where's my connection to the world i have a jo- i have to submit my thing at 6 dude whoa whoa you're alive and breathing it's fine you know what the internet's not working why don't you go downstairs to your neighbor and talk about it and have like a good hour or two hang out with this person who lives like literally you can hear them have sex at night, man. Like these people you've never said hi to. Like, come on. That's another thing that was a huge shock. Neighbors mm. where I come from, oh, dude, yeah. we like know the neighbors like so well, you know?
1: Well, we spent time in bunkers with our yeah, neighbors, and, so we <laughs> know them.
2: And here, like we especially
1: Somewhere in the middle of all first that first culture shock,
0: place and place Phil and Nadim met each other. They were actually neighbors living in the same high rise building in downtown Montreal they found solace in the fact that they were both going through the same struggle to adapt. So they started hanging out, and they started trying to make sense of it all through music. But
1: you stay on A and then you play the riff. Yeah. And then, so I tell you switch to the riff, okay? Let's see if it works. Okay, next one. two, one, two three.
0: Phil and Nadeem had once again found their outlet in music.
1: Then we'll get a bass in. Let me loop this. You bass? I'm going to loop this. Wait, what? Yeah, okay. Okay, I'm going to loop
0: this. During regular jam sessions like this, they worked hard to find chemistry,
1: but it wasn't easy at first. Okay, hold on. I don't know how to use this software yet. I don't know uh, if I like this, song. I'm going go
0: While these two outsiders were struggling to find their place in Canada, their music followed a similar path. In the beginning, there was excitement, but then, confusion.
1: And they found out pretty quickly that they still had a lot to learn. This culture shock is is precisely what was making our music very complex, because we had, on one hand, the cultural baggage we were bringing in. On the other hand, we were trying to get used to a culture here. So somehow this translated into a musical exchange that was of like really, really messy. The music really felt like like life at that moment. And I feel like that was very, very good to have music as a medium to let out the frustrations that came from all these cultural shocks and and, and from the inadequacy. Like we, we felt like we didn't belong at all. And it's not like we felt like we belonged in Lebanon, but here was like we don't belong and we don't have a family and our friends are not here and it's another language and it's like everything is hard and don't have you never know what you never so let me tell you what i think about the world today now that we've adjusted and I feel like I'm as much a Canadian today that I'm a Lebanese person this is not something that I need to like vent anymore like my identity culturally has been I mean it's in constant evolution but it's my own mix of the two cultures and I'm very comfortable with it and this is who I am now and of course the music itself is informed by who I am it also
2: it also was a great tool for us to actually get closer to some people and actually it's kind of like a gateway into this culture it really is what brought us in what took us in to that culture and we made very very good friendships with people we toured with when they say music is a universal language i mean it's true in the end you know like a beat is a beat whether it's from the middle east or whether it's from here so it's definitely something that helped us integrate into society
0: What was once a platform for Phil and Nadeem to vent their frustrations with Canadian culture was now the link they needed to connect with it. Music had become that common ground, a way for Phil and Nadeem to finally find a sense of community, a sense of belonging. And in the end, the experience was so profound. After graduation, they both chose to put aside their degrees and dedicate their lives to making music.
1: I lived a lot of my life feeling like I was like constrained or jailed by expectations and any types of norms in society and I didn't want to add another jail to my life and so I knew that I was going to be a musician it was just like no second guessing of course my parents asked me to second guess it out of principle they're like are you sure have you thought about it have you thought of it the ramifications of it and to me I'm like yes I've thought of the ramifications of it and What matters to me is to be happy. And the moment I'm not happy, I'll stop. So, so far, so good.
2: So I spent like a decade focusing on molecular and cell biology and I had so many possibilities to pursue that as a a career. But at the same time, I think what made me realize that I would give it all up for music is because music is allowing me to be sitting here right now talking about things that I believe matter maybe in our time right now more than scientific progress. And those things are bringing people closer to each other. Exactly what the purpose of your show is, is like for people to open up to each other and listen to stories. I really, really believe fundamentally that now more important than ever is opening up to each other. If I go back in time to my experience growing up in Lebanon, political trouble was so overwhelming that people disengaged because they're like, eh, let me just live my life, man, you know? And now engaging with one another at a deeper level, like emotionally and everything, something that we're losing because our brains are just so continuously flooded with like useless distractions that we have no time to engage. But we can't let this happen to us because I feel like uh, the world is so connected. And being artists and making music, we are betting on the fact that everything we're talking about is something that everybody knows and feels. I mean... It's funny because we went through a point to choose a band name and I was one day like looking at Google Maps and I spotted an island, literally a real island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean that's very equidistant between North America and Asia. I mean, Lebanon is technically in Asia. And it's kind of this middle ground for reconciling these two parts of the world together, these two identities together and creating something that's that's new, something that is to be celebrated
1: I mean, the logical way between the two continents where we're from, normally you would be looking at the Atlantic Ocean, so where Montreal and Lebanon, there's a more direct line there. But weirdly enough, we chose the Pacific because I mean, at the end of the day, what we have in common is the strip between Montreal and Beirut. So focusing on everything around is what Wake Island is about, is the other sides of of things and what we can learn from each other, not what we have in common. And so taking the harder route sometimes. It pays off. pays off. Yeah.
0: This episode of Campus features music by Wake Island. Campus is produced by Eric Van and me, Albert Loom. The senior producer is Sean Brocklehurst. If you want to hear more life-changing stories on campus, download our podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Give us a shot on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CampusCBC. You can also get in touch by emailing us, campus at cbc.ca. Thanks for listening. Take care.